Well, hello there, and welcome to another edition of the Spiritual Foundations of Mental Health. Today's topic, Be Permeable, a Take another look at Sukkot. Okay, let us begin. We are speaking about a simple truth. Your moods, your feelings, your moment-to-moment experience of life, your moment-to-moment experience of life is being created in the same way that everything is being created. It's coming about through a flow, a flow of energy, not an energy of a physical nature. It's an energy that is not of this world. This entire experience of life that we're having, everything in this world is being moment-to-moment generated through this flow of a, of a formless energy. And it's not something that we need to think about too much. We can't. We can't actually understand it. We can't analyze that. We can't grasp it in a, in a way that we might grasp a bunch of other things in our lives. <clears throat> Traffic patterns or spending habits or chemical processes. All kinds of things that we might grasp in an analytical manner. We, we, we don't have the ability to... We can describe in a way that points to this truth, but we can't grasp it in the way that we grasp many things because it's not a a truth that is available to be grasped. We're, We're speaking inside this truth. It's not something that we can point to, and yet we can still affirm it. We can acknowledge the truth of it. We have the abilities to sense it because we are part of it. There is a single, simple source behind everything in this world. And we are on the receiving end of that flow. And that includes not just the physical existence that we have, the, the power to draw breath, the power to, um, to, to lift our arm or stand up. All of that energy is available to us because it's on loan to us. It's not mine. It's true. I'm making use of it. I have it in this moment and I kind of anticipate having it in another moment, thank God. But it's not actually mine that I own it and it's guaranteed to me. It's all on loan because of a moment-to-moment-to-moment flow of energy. And that same moment-to-moment flow of energy that is creating the possibility of all things, existence and motion, etc., it's also the source of the feelings and the moods and the psychological experience I'm having from moment to moment to moment. And that's a fascinatingly important um, understanding to have because to the degree that I, 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 I get that, to the degree that I'm open to that truth, then I can watch the feelings as they flow through me without getting tangled in them, without getting tangled in them as coming from this world. If I feel and view that my moods and feelings are coming from something of this world, whether it be the circumstances of of my life, whether it be my my own nature, that's a big one. People tend to associate the feelings and moods they're having with something about them that's fixed. There's something wrong with me, something not functional. Why can't I... Why can't I feel settled and at peace uh, the way that I see others can? Why am I inclined toward fearful, anxious feelings in a way that others are not? Um, 
they might cast about and look around for a kind of a source for that. Like, oh, it's my childhood. Oh, it's my circumstances. It's, oh, it's my chemistry. It's my personality. Uh, and, and the moment that they link those moods and feelings to something of this world, then innocently but mistakenly they engage in a uh, kind of um, a dependence of sorts that I'm in need of this world and things of this world to, to, to change or to be different or I have to fight them or run away from them. And it creates this, it creates this extraordinarily challenging, um, debilitating dependency and reactivity. That is what's going on to the degree that I don't have the freedom to be with the feelings that I'm experiencing in, in a given moment, to the degree that I feel the urgency to fight them or, fall, or flee from them because I, I mistakenly associate them as a bad B coming from something that I could, should try to fix or dissolve. I, I just, the moment I get engaged in that, I just, I get into a dependency. I get into a reactivity and it to totally undermines my capacity for this wisdom, for this creativity, for this ability to be in my life and experience, uh, insight every single human being in this world is endowed with this connection it's every single human being in this world is is made with this spark of the divine you can speak of it in terms of sparks and things like that it's not really something that's as i as i said earlier it's not something that can be fully and precisely defined in 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 physical terms we're speaking about a truth that we can glimpse and know in the same way that we have we have an inner knowing we have a we have a faculty of inner knowing we're we're we're, we're looking to address the part of us that knows things from a within place and we're talking about it in a metaphor we're talking about it in terms that, that kind of by na by nature are part of this world of form but really we're speaking to some truth that is beyond that form that each of us has the capacity to recognize so um <clears throat> So we have that. We have that within us. And we have the ability, of course, to be mistaken about it, to, mis to, to misunderstand how that experience is being created and shaped moment to moment to moment. This understanding, while I don't have a technique as to how to acquire it in an inner knowing way, I do know that the logic of it is both simple and extremely valuable in its 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 it's a great accomplishment. It's a great act of, of, of perfection to be curious. The very willingness to be curious about and interested in this truth is itself a form of self-perfection. It's a, it's a fulfillment of a commandment, the commandment to know that there is a creator, to affirm a belief in a single simple source. It's also a fulfillment of the commandment to not ascribe power, to not believe in idols, to not ascribe power to something other than the single simple source. Those are extraordinary acts of accomplishment and character perfection. And to the degree that a person is open and interested in exploring this truth, he's going to see things. He's going to get gifts. He's going to wake up. He's going to recognize, oh my goodness, this is what, this is what, that guy is talking about. He's talking about the fact that our experience of life is being created in a given moment. It's being 
it's a flow and I feel the feelings that I'm feeling, but I'm also able to watch them and acknowledge that they're not actually being created by anything of this world. They're just simply an experience of a flow. And though I feel the effects of them and there could be some discomfort, nonetheless, I have the ability to watch them. I can be with them. I can have a whole new relationship with those feelings and with the dimension, the, the component of me that feels kind of out of control because I am, I'm not in control and yet it's safe. And yet there's a safety and a healthfulness to the whole spectrum of feelings that I'm having because I'm on the receiving end of a safe and loving source. So that's kind of the overview. And <clears throat> today's topic I entitled, The Sukkah is the Answer. I was looking at this question I've discussed in the past, something called um, Savlanut. In Hebrew, in modern Hebrew, that might be translated as patience, but the kind of <clears throat> ethical word sovel, savlanut, is associated in terms of the work of the, the teachers of Musa, the teachers of character development, that he referred to it as the, as, as the character trait of tolerance. Tolerance is an extraordinarily valuable uh, character trait to, to understand and to, um, to possess. Because tolerance is, is a, this, in a sense, what, what tolerance is, it's the ability to be with that which is not in your control, which is pretty much all of life. So to the degree that a person does not have the ability to tolerate what's not, beyond, what's not within his control, he's going to suffer a lot. And he's going to find himself um, hard-pressed to be able to commit to personal goals. He's going to find himself hard-pressed to commit to relationships to himself it's just once you run up against an experience of not being in control and if you're not okay with that then you're just going to want to check out you're going to want to chuck the undertaking and the commitment to yourself or to someone else and you're just going to be like yeah i don't need this or this is not working for me or i'm not cut out for this or this is not a goal for me whatever reason we might arrive at we will explain to ourselves why this commitment is not an option or it's not worthwhile. And then we'll find ourselves unable to pursue meaningful commitments. And we don't want that. We want meaningful commitments. We, we thrive on growth. We thrive on appropriate goals. So tolerance is this capacity to be with our lack of control and I'm suggesting in this conversation that the sukkah is the answer. And how does what does that mean? <clears throat> the sukkah is a fascinating structure. And it's true that we can acquire this 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 understanding during these days, but in a particularly special way. But we can acquire this understanding all year round because the wisdom of it is true always. It's just that there's a kind of a double bonus. <coughs> Excuse me, more than a double bonus. I don't know how to estimate that it's not a double bonus. It's much more than a double bonus during Sukkot. But here's the wisdom of the sukkah. The sukkah is a structure that's mostly associated with its roof. The roof in Hebrew is referred to as schach. Schach is a... Um, the roof of the sukkah is... This schach this is designed to be basically something that's somewhat ineffective. It's, uh, it's impermanent. 
It is something through which you're meant to see when you are sitting in or lying down in your sukkah. You're, you're meant to see through it the stars. And it's meant to be sufficiently ineffective that rain has to be able to come through, which is kind of a funny thing. It's a roof, and yet it's by design not meant to work fully as a roof, meaning if it were to prevent rain from entering, it would be invalid. And it's kind of an interesting idea. So, like, what's the point of building the roof? You know, like, on the one hand, the mitzvah of the sukkah is to create a structure with an with a roof, but it's to make a, a structure with a roof that doesn't work. So I've asked this question in the past. I find it to be a fascinating question. What's Why not? Wouldn't it be just as effective to just create a structure with walls with no roof? Like if the whole point is to experience a sense of our uh, connection to the heavens and the open heavens above us can rain down upon us and there's a vulnerability uh, in that roof, then what's the point of even making a roof? Like just sit outside with a with a, with, a, with with some kind of a structure and not have a roof at all. And then when it rains, <clears throat> it rains. In fact, when it rains, we're actually exempt from the commandment of sitting in the sukkah. So either way, whether we have an ineffective roof or whether we have, whether we have no roof, it would seem that we could experience the same kind of... Uh, kind of spiritual effect of being in this kind of vulnerable sense of turning to and relying on our creator and being open to the heavens above. What's the point of making an ineffective roof? And my understanding of that is that because in this world, we were put here to make effort. We were put here in this world to undertake responsibility for ourselves and others. In a sense, a roof is like a, a metaphor for effort in this world, for our efforts to care for ourselves, for our efforts to care for others. And yet, we appreciate that even as we're making that efforts, even as those efforts, even as we are responsible to undertake, we do so knowing that our efforts are, are not really capable of creating the result that we want. By definition, a, a roof is a uh, is an effort that can't really get the job done. And yet, and yet, it's desired. It's something that our creator commands us to make. He wants us to make that effort. He wants us to make that roof. Either effort can't accomplish the result on its own. Either roof is, is ineffective. It can't actually prevent rain from entering. That's fine because we're here to live in a world where we undertake responsibility and yet simultaneously recognize that our responsible efforts are as desirous as they are, they, by definition, can't create results. Now, that's a wonderful insight for someone who's learning about the character trait of tolerance, of, being, of, of, of having tolerance for the places and ways in which we're not in control. Um, we, we get to run up against, you know, as I'm... I'll give you an example of a couple of places where myself and one of my kids are running up against our our limits, are experiencing our lack of control. I'm I'm undertaking to to learn the Talmud, and the Talmud's challenging. It 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 doesn't really work very well to learn Talmud when your mind is somewhat uh, distracted. You you I find that I just 
unless I'm fully present, even when I'm fully present, it's uh, it's it's challenging to learn and understand the Talmud. And certainly to the degree that my mind is partially wandering, and all the more so when it's very wandering, I don't, it just doesn't go. Like I don't, I could sit, I could set aside a lot of time, but the experience of understanding and gaining clarity just doesn't go. Um, but I don't necessarily know how to just kind of turn my mind into calm and on, on a, in a whim, like on a given, like go, go now into calm. You know, I don't know how to do that. And so I, there are times where I, I encounter this kind of frustrating wall where on the one hand, I'm motivated. I want to, uh, <clears throat> I want to learn the Talmud. I want to set aside time for it, but I can't seem to calm my mind and thereby be appropriately present to understanding it. And that can feel frustrating. That can feel uh, like a certain kind of, like there's a moment where I'm ready to just, I, I, I'm, frust I'm frustrated with myself. I'm frustrated with my lack of results. There's a, a moment where my discouragement kind of surges and I want to check out. I want to give up. I want to devalue. This is not working. I'm not cut out for this. Maybe it's not so valuable to undertake this. And I'm, I've got a foot out the door. That's one scenario. Another scenario is one of my kids who also is kind of similarly, he's motivated to, <clears throat> whether it might be to learn or to, to do his davening, his prayers, but he gets very distracted. You know, his mind starts to wander and he starts to kind of do all kinds of activities as he's in the midst of his prayer or other experience. And then he gets really frustrated with himself. Now that frustration is very simply bumping up against this simple truth that we're not in control. We don't run things. We don't, we don't control the weather in the world at large. We don't control the world, the weather inside of our internal experience. So what I can do is I can kind of acknowledge as I'm stepping into this activity, wait, this is kind of like the whole sukkah thing. It's like the whole sukkah roof. Like I, I want, um, I want, a, a connection to good and to clarity and to certain peacefulness, a certain powerful connection, but <clears throat> I can't, I can't create that. Am I okay with that? What am I, am I willing to acknowledge that truth? Like how, how okay with I am, am I with that truth that I'm not in control? Can I be in this moment of learning? Can my son be in this moment of, attempted prayer and experience the distractedness and just look at that and be like, yeah, that I know that I know that I know that that's not like a, that's not something wrong. That's something true. I'm just simply watching the truth. The truth is that I'm, I'm not, I'm not in control. I can't create results. The lesson of the schach is that I'm, I'm building a roof by definition that's ineffective. I'm, I'm, my roof making is desired, right? My, the creator of the universe wants my roof, he wants me to sit down to learn. He wants me to, my son to, to attempt to pray. He wants all of those things, but he wants a roof that we can know in advance is not really a result oriented, effective roof by itself. And am I open to that? Do I have room in my approach to life 
that whatever I undertake, I'm doing so with this appreciation that there's a, a kind of a, there's a limit to my effort. And in a sense, what that does is it, it, it actually makes me, what I would say is more permeable. It makes me more influenceable, makes me more open and receptive. The, the roof is a roof that I'm engaged in and I'm making. And it's a roof that also kind of lets the, the influence of the heavens in. It's not a perfect roof. It's not a very effective roof. It's a roof. It's an effort, but it's an effort that's permeable. I, I go into my learning session with the awareness that <clears throat> I, might, and I might very well be distracted during this time, but I'm not, I don't need to then uh, abandon ship when the distracted feelings arise. I can watch those feelings. I can be with them. I can acknowledge, oh, right, this is the nature of my effort is that it's imperfect, but I don't have to go anywhere because it's the effort that's desired. It's the imperfect effort that is desired. And in as much as I, I know it's commanded and I know that the creator of the universe wants me to experience new results and they're not in my hands, so I'll stick with it. I'll stick with it and I'll set aside a kind of a, a reasonable commitment on a daily basis that's not too much it's not too little it's a stretch i get to watch as the feeling of helplessness and frustration can arise my lack of control arises and then i stick it i stick with it and then when i experience results of course i acknowledge and and celebrate i'm like whoa look at that my ineffective roof despite its ineffectiveness it it actually created a beautiful result. Whoa, gratitude. Whoa, divine insight, divine input, divine gift. Whoa, it works. It works. My ineffective efforts are desired and they uh, coincide with unbelievable divine help. That's all me. That's wow. I should really go for it. I can go for it. I can go for it. Make imperfect efforts know that the, my efforts are imperfect and not capable of generating results and yet appreciate that my imperfect efforts are desired and will undoubtedly bring divine assistance. There will be results. The creator of the universe wants results for me. He wants me to have success. He just wants me to do it in a way that's permeable to his help and to the awareness that I am in need of his help and that I can rely on his help and that it's normal that I go about my efforts in a way that is not directly controlling that help. I'm sorry, it's not directly controlling those results. <clears throat> so in a real sense, the sukkah is the answer. The sukkah is the answer to the places in our life where we are not in control, where we're, where we're experiencing the frustration and the difficulty. It is, it's the answer because it's, it's the formula for as to how to live a life in which we don't feel in control, the, where we get to embrace and acknowledge that we're not in control, and yet our efforts are desired, our imperfect efforts are desired anyway, and we can just kind of settle into the imperfect effort business. That's our job. Our job is the imperfect effort business, and there's nothing to do other than make that beautiful exertion of imperfect effort.